Welcome to the Psychosphere. My name is David Sutcliffe, and my guest today, once again, is Angela I. This is the eighth episode in our series together. And we have a workshop coming up in San Marcos, Texas. The power and practice of deep feeling. The power and practice of deep feeling. San Marcos, Texas, November 18th to 21st. You can go to my website, davidsutcliffe.com. Click the workshops tab. All the information is there. You should come. It's gonna be it's gonna be powerful. We've got a powerful group of people already signed up. We're gonna go deep, people. We're gonna go deep into our feelings, and it's gonna be a lot of fun as well. It's a beautiful location at the uh, Samadhi Yoga Retreat. A beautiful land there and a beautiful space. They have this pyramid that we're gonna work in. It's just just incredible. It really feels sacred. So uh, please join us if you're interested. If not, listen to this episode. Glad you're here. And if if you're enjoying the podcast, uh, please uh, review it. uh, Leave it a, a ranking or a rating. Uh, spread the word, share it with your friends, tell everybody about the psychosphere. We'd appreciate it. And in this episode, uh, well, there's some, uh, Angela got in a car accident and uh, uh, there's, there's a big story to tell there. And uh, we also talk about sexual fantasies. I don't know how we got on that topic, but uh, I reveal my sexual fantasies, which is, uh, you know, then we deconstruct them. What are they really about? What's actually going on underneath our sexual fantasies? Very interesting conversation. So please enjoy this episode of The Psychosphere with Angela I. You hear me good? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you sound good. I sound good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You sound good. Thank you. I feel better. You feel better. You got in a car accident. You were hit by... A drunk driver? Why were you drinking? I wasn't drinking. Oh, oh, you weren't drinking. You and Jana were wasted? No. What happened? Tell us the story. Actually, we had been drinking, but oh. no. Um, Is it it's too pretty we fresh? Not, it's pretty uh, fresh. Well, let's, let's, what was happening? We, Jana, who's been on the podcast, Jana, we love Jana. She's a character on the podcast. We talk about her all the time. And uh, she was in LA. You guys were teaching. The last, the final module of a two-year program that she created, and you guys taught together. Mm-hmm. She came to LA so you guys could be together because the last module was on Zoom. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> while she was uh, in LA, something happened. Tell us, Angela, what happened? I, 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 I can't talk to. I can't talk right now. You can't talk? No, I want to know oh. how you are. I, I need to orient to you right now. <laughs> like, I, I, I want to okay. tell the story, but I just got off the phone with Jana. So, you know, we're in it right now. You're and in it? Yeah, it was, it was very traumatic, you know? And, Sounds traumatic. And so, yeah, I just need a, I need a little, I need a little warm up first. It's good. We're, te- we're teasing. We're teasing the audience. We're teasing. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Big story coming up after the break. <laughs> Angela was involved in a car accident. <laughs> I uh, well, I just finished six sessions, so I feel insane. <laughs> That's a lot insane of sessions. Insane or connected? No, insane. 
Insane. Hmm. No, it was great. They were great. It was a great day. Great sessions, powerful sessions. I love all my clients, but it is a lot. Hmm. And, but now I just jumped from that into this. And uh, I'm a little disoriented too. I was hoping yeah. you were going to carry the beginning of the pie. I know, it's, a, it's a mess. I thought about it's that a, actually. It's a mess. Can you, um, is it possible if you turn the volume down, down. or the, the, yeah, you're, you're a little hot still when you, when you raise your voice, it's just hello, slightly. hello, 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 hello. That's good. Okay, this is nothing. This is something. How's that? That's is good. That, that's mm-hmm. good. Okay. Yeah. Just sometimes you're a little, you're a little hot. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where do we start? What I, should we I talk don't... about? Well, ask me some questions. We both brain dead. Um, ask you some questions. I feel completely gone. Like out I, of your body, gone. No, just like my mind can't focus on anything. I'm I'm trying to like pull things up. Usually, I can just you know find mm-hmm. something to talk about, but I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about what's going on in the world. I could, I could, I could rant about all the nonsense going on, but I've made a decision that I'm going to pay less attention to what's going on in the world. Like I'm going to focus on uh, good things, on building things, on my work, mm-hmm. and less time uh, being outraged by the insanity. And I think that's the best way to uh, defeat this evil force that is trying to oppress us. <laughs> evil force that's trying to oppress us, these evil people. They will be defeated by the love of God. And so I'm going to focus on loving God and uh, dedicating myself to my work, to helping people, to expanding, to growing, to making myself a better human. That's the way to fight evil, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. The evil that also exists within us, it's in me too. I can be corrupted. I've been corrupted. And I don't want to get corrupted again. So that's what I'm focused on. I finished my Fortify Your Soul. Oh, congratulations. Talk about that. That was great. Six weeks. It was really powerful. Fortify Your Soul. Six-week program. 40 days. 42 days, really, but 40 days. And uh, people were into it. It was great. The final class was, uh, well, it was an additional class. It was a seventh class that I did just to kind of a sharing circle. And people mm-hmm. shared about their experience. And they, they got a lot from it. Mm-hmm. It was a nice... Uh, a nice closing and I felt very satisfied and I was curious what you had taught in your class. Well, in the first week I taught habit formation, how to the best way to develop habits. Um used a lot of information from James Clear's Atomic Habits, which is a great book if you want to hmm. James learn. Clear's James Clear. Oh, James. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Atomic Habits. It's a great book to read if you want to learn how to develop habits and break bad habits. And it's very practical uh, uh, approaches that he outlines, but also he gets into the psychology of it, that habits are really about our identity. Mm. And so we change when we go from saying, oh, I I run to I'm a runner. Mm. And so we identify with a good habit. Right? I'm a meditator. And then once the identity is locked in, once we're 
identified with it, that we're much more likely to make it consistent. So that's just one example of the the psychological component of uh, habit formation. So I taught about that, and that of course led into teaching about how our identity gets formed from the beginning, what we call in chronogenics the mask, and all the belief systems that get established in our childhood, and gave them a basic teaching about that, what is the story we tell ourselves about ourselves, And then in the third class, I taught about the shadow, the lower mm-hmm. self, mm-hmm. the uh, our unconscious, unconscious no to life, our resistance, part of us that uh, can be cruel, hates, loves to punish, feels superior, arrogant, all of those qualities. And that was a powerful class. People got into it. Mm. I was surprised. I didn't know, but no, they, they, they took to it. And then I taught about the higher self, which, you know, our divine self, our, our, uh, our, our, our best self, you know, essence, our essence. Yeah. And, uh, you know, help people connect to, to that aspect and, and, you know, are you aligned with your deepest essence? Are you living from that place? Are you letting yourself be, uh, letting yourself be guided by your higher self? Are you listening to it? Which is, there's an element of surrender to that, of course, because it's beyond the rational mind. And that was great. And then the last class I talked about faith, Mm. talked about God and what that meant and that was ended up being somewhat controversial. I guess some people in the group got into it on the Telegram app. <laughs> there was some controversy because <laughs> there were there were some um, yeah, just just people had opinions. Of course, I didn't. I didn't. God uh, is very controversial. God is controversial, and uh, but I wanted to talk about it, and I yeah, I really didn't know what I was going to talk. I mean, I had an idea, but you know, we talked a lot about God in the last podcast, so. Uh, uh, that was before I taught, so that that was helpful. And uh, I just rambled on, asked a lot of questions, and invited discussion. And we had a really interesting discussion about it. And and I think people people liked it. I think uh, you know a lot of people talking about God right now. A lot mm-hmm. of people you wouldn't expect to be talking about God or talking about God. And I think that's good. It's really good. I mean, I'm talking about God mm-hmm. a lot now, and. You know, my whole orientation and conception of God has has changed from the time I was a little boy in Catholic school. But uh, I like it. I like it. feels feels good. feels I feel whole. I feel uh, it orients me. It feels true. It just feels true mm. to tap into the. I mean, how can we deny this greater intelligence that exists? There's something. Something. I understand maybe it's not an old man sitting on the cloud passing judgment on all of us, but there's some intelligent force in the universe that's we have access to that, that flows through us. And and how do we connect to that? How do we surrender to it and let it guide us? That's what I'm thinking about these days, talking about. <sighs> I have resistance, but I can feel like, okay, now's the time to tell my story. 
What's the resistance? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure what the resistance is. Maybe, maybe because I'm still feeling, you know, it's, it, I'm still having really intense feelings around this accident. Was, was it scary? It was terrifying. But you're both okay. It's no, yeah. but your car was demolished. Mm-hmm. You got hit from behind. So Jana and I, so we were teaching this module. It was Saturday, Sunday, a two-day two day module. Um, what was the module about? The module was on the rigid defense. What's that? So basically, you know, we in these five modules that we were teaching, we were teaching about the different defense patterns that uh, core energetics talks about. Um, Wilhelm Reich developed these mm-hmm. five character and structures also. Five character structures, yeah, mm-hmm. that then John Paracas uh, evolved. Mm-hmm. And then um, Stephen Kessler wrote a book on the five character structures, renaming them. Um, and so we we mostly use that book, um, Five Personality Patterns. Uh, so there's the leaving pattern, otherwise known as schizoid. Um, there's the merging pattern, which is also called the oral defense structure. Um, the enduring pattern, which is the masochist. The aggressive pattern, which is the psychopathic psychopath. That's, that's me. That's you. And the rigid pattern, which is also called rigid in core energetics. So um, these are defense patterns that, um, you know, get created from a really young age, uh, depending on what your, you know, what, what experiences you had as a kid. So, you know, some, some kids tend to, like their, their defense is to leave their bodies. Some are to merge, you know, so everybody has, we, I mean, we all can have all of them, but generally in a, a really scary situation you one of your defense patterns is your your main defense pattern is probably the one that's going to emerge right and it's so, defending against what when you say it's a defense pattern what do you mean it's defending against danger it's defending against anything perceived danger perceived danger yeah 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 and 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 as i understand it from the kessler books i i thought he articulated this really well. It, it's when we are overwhelmed with feeling mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel safe. Mm-hmm. And that these defense patterns keep us from experiencing these overwhelming feelings, which are you know, intolerable for a child. Mm-hmm. And so there's some way in which they want to defend themselves against feeling those feelings and defend against anything that might provoke those feelings inside them. Does that mm-hmm. sound right? Yeah, that's good. That's a great uh, description of it. I don't even know if Kessler said it that way. That was that was you. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Maybe I need to write a book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but that, that yeah. So um, the rigid pattern is um basically you know i mean it's it kind of sounds 
it is what it sounds like. You you kind of go into the place where you want to be good. You know, you want to you 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 want to be good and not bad. You want to do the right thing. You want to uh just you know, make sure that you are doing what's appropriate and what's right. And to be seen as good. Um mm. So, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I won't get into where it comes from, but I just want to say like that that's, you know, we're, we're teaching these patterns, we're teaching these defense structures. So y- this will pay off later. Mm-hmm. Um, so y- <laughs> Jana and I, so it's Saturday night, um, this was the day after the first module, I drop her off. Um, you know, I'm, I, she's staying at a hotel, the uh, Petit Hermitage. You know that hotel in West Hollywood? No. So it's um, it's this hotel on this little street off of uh, San Vicente. It's uh, Cynthia Street. It's it's like it looks like a residential street, but there's a hotel there. So you know, it's quiet. It's a small street. Um, I'm parked at the uh just at the door uh of the hotel and there are valets standing outside and you know they're they're happy to have me just have have me just sit there so jan and i are finishing up a conversation and you know we're relaxed so you know we we our our seats are our seat belts are unbuckled and we're just hanging out you know just chatting and um you know it's so perfect because just as uh like the the end of our conversation i said this thing i said um she was she said something that made me have a reaction that i was surprised i was surprised by my own reaction i said oh i'm surprised by by this you know what how i'm how i'm feeling and um i don't know this part of myself and I, when i said i don't know this part of myself i immediately thought of what my therapist says which is that if you know the part of yourself that you're in, you're in your history. And so if you don't know where you are and you don't, you know, you, you're, you're in a new place, he was like, that's, that's the unknown, like go there, you know, and, and explore that. Mm-hmm. And so I could feel that I was in this new part of myself and I was like, whoa, it was, it was a weird moment. You know, like I was like, whoa, this is, this is different. It didn't feel bad. It just felt new. And I could also feel that I wanted to go back to an old place, like some, some, uh, like, like, uh, something that was more resistant, something that was scared, something, you know, like I could feel that I could be pulled into that part of myself that I knew that it was familiar to me, that was right. more comfortable. And so I made a decision in that moment and I said out loud, I was like, no, I want to stay in this unknown place. It feels good. This is, this is good. And I said, life is amazing. You know, just like step into the unknown. And I swear to you, it was like not a minute later, (laughs) this car comes, I mean, it, I, it was it felt like it was out of nowhere but the way that it hit it hit on the passenger rear my rear tire right so it hit, it hit on that side 
no, sorry, not the passenger, the driver's side, my side. Um, it hits so hard, like, like it rammed into us. And I was catapulted into Jana, onto Jana's side. And Jana hit her, she said she hit her cheek on the window, on, on the passenger window. And I must have hit my head because I, you know, I have a little bruise on my head right now, but I could feel it kind of throbbing. And it just was like a moment where we were frozen. It was like, is it, is everything, or is everybody okay? And she was, she was fine. She was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. And I think she might've even said, you're, you're okay. You're okay. And I was like, I don't know if I'm okay. You know, like I, I didn't know. And so it took a, a little while for me to just like kind of get what, what just happened. Oh, a car hit us. Uh, where's the car? And I hear the valets screaming outside and they're saying, no, it, it's a hit and run. It's a hit and run. The guy just left. And so I was like, oh, it's a hit and run. Like I've never experienced that. That's weird. And so... I didn't know what to do. I, I was just sitting there like I was in shock, but I, 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 I was just kind of frozen. And Jana was not frozen at all. She was just kind of like, you know, I think she was outside. She was, you know, just checking things out. And I, I eventually got, went outside and I just kind of walked around. I was like, what is going on? And one of the valets came up to me. He was like, are you okay? And he seemed pretty shaken. I learned later that he had been sitting on the curb behind our car, just having a smoke because it was his break. So he was, I mean, I don't know, it was a miracle, you know, like he was not hurt at all. Like, I don't know what happened. I don't know if he jumped up. I don't know if he saw it. So anyway, um, then we find out that the car is actually about half a block up from us and that it had stopped because the airbags had deployed. That's how hard they hit us. And so, um, so then the paramedics come, the police come, the fire trucks come, like everybody comes. And I'm just like, what the, what's going on? And my whole body starts to shake. And this guy, the, one of the paramedics comes up and they're, they're taking my vitals and, you know, just checking me out. And, and then, you know, he's asking me if I want to go to the ER, you know, that they can take me to the ER and the emergency truck. And I was like, I don't know. And I, I just said, I have to call my husband. I have to get him here. And so, um, so then I call Ferd, he comes um, in the meantime, Jana's trying to get me back in the car and she closes the windows and she's just like, okay, we're just going to be in quiet. Back in the car, the yeah. scene of the accident. Yeah. That's weird. Because there was so much going on. She said, she just felt like in order for me to come back in my body to kind of help me, like right. maybe that I needed quiet, but I, I, I didn't actually, I, I wanted to know what was going on. It was so strange, you know, to just have been hit, but not see any other car that hit you. Right. And just, it was, it was so strange. And I was, I, I had left my body, you know, like mm -hmm. this was my trauma defense pattern, you know, like this is what I did. I just left.
Mm. And I, it was like I needed somebody to tell me what to do because I couldn't orient to anything. And so eventually Ferd gets there and he starts taking care of, you know, like the uh, talking to the police officers and um, them getting the report, finding out that the, the, the guy was drunk. And so, um, and he had tried to, to switch seats with his friend who was in the car. And luckily the valets had seen that. So they reported that to the police officers and they eventually arrested him. So that whole thing was going on. I didn't see any of that. I didn't see his car. I didn't see him. I didn't, you know, I was just kind of hearing this. And, um, and then people kept on saying, do you want to go to the ER? And I was like, should I go to the ER? Am I supposed to go to the ER? And so I just had this feeling like, okay, I'm going to go to the ER. And then Janice said, okay, we'll take, we'll, I'll, we'll take an Uber. I'll, I'll take you there. Ferd will deal with the, the towing situation. And so Jan and I got an Uber, went to the emergency room. And we were sitting there waiting. They said it was probably going to be about a two-hour wait. And I, you know, I was a little out of it. And I could, but I could see that she was agitated, you know, just like mad. Jana. Yeah. And so, um, I, but I, I was just like, I'm, I'm not in my body. And I asked her, I was like, can you help me get back in my body? She's like, okay, yeah. And I, she was trying to, you know, just help me. She was trying to, but she was agitated at the same time. And I could sense that. But I, I needed her. I was like, I just, I held onto her arm. I think I, you know, I like squeezed really hard and I was just trying to feel somebody's body, something, you know, so that I could just come back into myself. And so that helped a little bit. And then I, I looked at her and I was like, how are you? Like you were in an accident too. And she was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I was like, are you mad? And she couldn't hide it. And she was like, yeah, yeah. And um, I was like, who are, you, who are you mad at? She's like, I mean, it, you know, it doesn't make any rational sense. Like, you know, what I'm going to say, it's like, it doesn't, you know, but I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm mad at you and I'm mad at Ferd. And I was like, you're mad at me? You're mad at me? <laughs> I was like, well, why are you mad at me? <laughs> and I couldn't. It was like I couldn't do, I didn't know what to do, you know? And it was like, I'm, I'm here, I'm in shock. My, you know, like my, one of my closest friends, you know, and colleagues, like she's, she's sitting here with me, like, and I'm, she's mad at me. Mm -hmm. we're, we're in this car accident. And I don't understand what's happening. And so, so then I said, all right. When Ferd's, Ferd's going to get here, when he gets, when he gets here, you can leave, you know? And, um, and she was like, okay. And I said, you don't have to be any other way than how you are. I just, I just need you to be here. She was like, okay. So we sat there in silence for a little while. I mean, there was all this crazy stuff that was happening in the ER, by the way, you know, as this is going on. But she, so we we're, we're sitting there for about 10 minutes. And nobody's talking. 
And then I am slowly getting more and more mad at her. (laughs) It's building in my body. And so I look at her, I I just turn around and I, I look at her and I say to her, you're a bad friend. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she starts laughing. You uh-huh. know, she's like, yeah, yeah. She said, I'm, I'm better than I used to be. You should have seen what I did with this other friend. I was like, what? what? So, you know, we, you know, we, we, we kind of, talk it through as much as we could, you know, she's like, yeah, I know I can't, I can't help it. I don't know what's going on, you know? And she's like, I'm trying to be a good friend. I, I, I did some things good. You know, and I was like, okay, yeah, you, you did do some good things good, but we're not going to talk about that right now. We're just going to talk about the fact that you're being a bad friend. You know? <laughs> and so, um, she, she, well, so then Ferd, Ferd comes and, uh, and he's saying all the right things at this point to me. And I, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm coming more and more into my body. And, and so she leaves. And so Ferd and I are sitting there for another couple of hours. It's been like three hours now. And at this point, you know, I, like what was happening in the ER was so insane that I, I just, you know, there was a man sitting like right across from us who was violently vomiting for, I mean, just think of the worst, worst, worst time you've ever heard anyone vomit in an ayahuasca ceremony, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was 50 times worse than that. And Jana had said earlier that she saw that man, and when she saw him, he looked, his stomach was really distended, and she said it looked like there was an alien in his stomach. And that's what it sounded like he was throwing up, like mm. an, he was throwing up an alien mm. for for a good five minutes. And I'm not exaggerating. It could have been longer. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, at the same time, there was a guy who had come in handcuffed, you know, he had a shirt on unbuttoned with two cops on either side. And, and he's walking in and he's screaming, I have a right. I have a right. And Ferd's sitting there, he's like, a right for what? <laughs> and uh, he's just screaming, you know, all sorts of things. At the same time, this is going on and more and more people are coming in the, you know, the later it gets. It's like three in the morning at this point. And so uh, I, you know, Ferd goes up and asks them how much longer it's going to be. And they had told us two hours at the max at the beginning. And then when he went up to ask, they were like, it could be four hours. Like four, four, four hours. And I was like, I can't, I got to go. I got like, I didn't, you know, I knew that I'd had this head thing, but I was like, it's, fe- it's feeling better. So I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm going to chance it. So we went home on the way home. I mean, first Ferd said that when he was, they were towing the car, he saw on Melrose, there was a three car accident. And as we were walking back from the ER to his car, we saw another accident that was like insane. Like this car was completely smashed up. The smoke was coming from it. It was like, what is happening right now? Wow. I saw a brutal accident on the way back from the Kiss concert in Fort Worth. (sighs) Car overturned. It was, it looked, there was three, four cars. It looked bad. Hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, it made me wonder exactly. Yeah. So, so we go home and I feel much better just being at home in the peace and quiet and for it's taking care of me. And so Jan and I hadn't decided if we were going to do the module the next day. I mean, you know, most people would probably say, cancel it. But, you know, it's me and Jana and we're like, okay, let's, let's do it. So we get like two hours of sleep. Um, It's an online module. So Jana had just come to just be with me so that we could be together while we're doing this online module with our, our students. And so we get on Zoom, everybody gets on, but I can feel that I'm still mad at Jana. And I have to work this out because if you're co-leading with your, your person and you are in conflict with them, the group can feel it and it does something to the group. And I, I know this, you know, we know this. And so I, I said to the group, I said, I'm sorry, we need a few minutes. We need to work something out. And so we turn off our screen and our volume <laughs> and Jan and I just kind of go at it. Why would you turn off the screen and the volume? I know, I'm like, no, I know. no, 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 no. <laughs> we, I paid my fucking money for this course. I want to see everything. This is part of the teaching. Let's go. Right. But. So, so I, you know, I just, I told her I'm still mad at you, you know, and she was like, yeah, I'm, I'm mad at you too. You know, so we, yeah, it was, it, it took a while for us to figure out what was going on. What was going on? What was going on was that she had an aggressive psychopathic defense come mm-hmm. up. And I had a leaving schizoid defense come up. Right. So I left my body. She got aggressive. And what we didn't realize was that we couldn't help it. Neither of us could help it. Like she, her, her response to me was like, what the fuck? You're leaving your body now. Don't leave. Come right. back. I understand. I understand. And I was like, you're getting mad at me? Are you even mad at the drunk driver? She was like, no. She was like, mad at me. Like what? 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 You're mad at me. That makes zero sense. It does make zero sense. So, but it also, to her, it made zero sense that I would leave my body, which also does make zero sense in a situation like that. Does it? Yeah, because you want to be, I wasn't able to function, you know, like they were asking me questions. I I was like, I I don't know. I don't know. You know? Right. I I understand. Yeah. Yeah. So. I get it. So that was really helpful. To understand that neither of us could actually help it. But in the process of that, both of us were completely alone. Mm. It was so strange because to me, I was like, you were in this accident too, but you didn't act like it, you know? And, and she felt alone as well. She was like, don't leave. Don't right. leave. I'm all alone here. That's how I used to feel with you and ayahuasca ceremonies God. at the end of the ceremony, I'd be mm-hmm. like, want to connect? Cause you don't, you know, you don't talk during the ceremony. I'd be like, Angela. And you'd be like, still in the effect. 
just mm-hmm. gone. And when you're mm-hmm. gone, like you're gone, you're, you're in another dimension. You're, you're not there. You're not, you're not even like, I, I can't talk right now. I'm, I'm still deep in the effect, but just, you know, give me a half an hour. You're, you're like just rambling on and I'm just like, okay, okay. It's like, it, it's painful because I'm ready to, I want to connect and I can't. So I, I'm relating to Jan. I never, I don't think I ever got m- mad at you, but. Yeah, you did. You're still kind of mad at me. <laughs> well, that, that was not, it was, there's extenuating and circumstances. And anyone who's listening right now can hear it. <laughs> I'm still mad at you. Well, there was extenuating circumstances. It, well, the thing is. I was is, annoyed at the, times, but then, then yeah, I think I got mad. But it, 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 anyway, yeah, fair enough. There, I mean, but the thing is, the, I mean, it, again, it's like, we can't help it. These are our defenses. You know, we want to connect. I wanted to be in my body. And she wanted to not be yelling at me. Right. But we and but we couldn't. We this is just, you know, it was what I was think I would have walked down the street and started screaming at the driver to discharge my rage. Right. Like mm-hmm. just to not beat him up or something, but just like have that confrontation to right. let him know, like, hey, you had a fucking impact, motherfucker. Like, fuck you. And then I think it would have felt better. I mean, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. That was my instinct when you were telling the story. The police wouldn't even, they, they, like, I, I wanted to see the guy. And he said, no, you, you, you can't. I don't know why. But, um, you know, we didn't even get the insurance or anything. They just said, you know, it's in the report. Just this is the wow. problem. And I'm not sure if it's because he was drunk and he was arrested. I don't know if that's, if, because normally when you're in a car accident, you, you just exchange information with the driver, but I didn't. That that didn't happen. It was, right. So well, it's criminal activity. That's why. So I don't know if Jana could have discharged her anger on right. him. You right. know, she was. You know, she was mad at the valet. She was mad at the paramedics. She was mad. You know, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, and you know she can she can tell her part of the story, but you know it's. <sighs> It was hard. It was hard for us to be um, separated in that way, you know. And now, it, like we, I just got off the phone right before I got on this podcast, but uh, with her, and you, we're we're able in a way now to be more together. You know, it's like yeah, I, you know, she's like yeah, I was in that accident, you know. And for her to, so so when we got back on. Um, with our students, you know, we told them the whole thing. We told mm-hmm. them everything that happened. We told them um, about our conflict and the different defense defenses that we were in. And, you know, it was like a, a kind of teaching moment. But also, you know, our students were really supportive and they were concerned and they were, you know, they were really wanting to to support us both, you know, and we we really felt that. And um, one of the students had said something about being scared when somebody leaves. And that's when Jana, you know, she kind of had a moment for herself because mm-hmm. she realized, yeah, that's, that's the thing that scares me. And, um, so, you know, in that way, it was, it was really beautiful, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and we had a great second day of our module and um the ending and all of that and then afterwards 
you know, it, we were exhausted. And um, yeah, and so in a way, you know, we're both still kind of processing what happened. And I, I mean, I had a, a session with my therapist today where I just, I, I just screamed and cried and just kind of sh let my body shake just all the, the stuff that I was holding. Like I had to, to like move it out of my body. And then once I did, I, I could feel, he, he looked at me and he said, well, what's happening for you right now? And I said, I feel like I'm coming back into my body more. And he was like, yeah, I see that. Mm. And so, so once that happened, like now I feel I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm more back. And then, you know, in this conversation I had with Jana just now, I could feel that she was, you know, she's more just still allowing the fear to, you know, and, and just more of her own, <clears throat> you know, allowing herself to discharge the anger and where, where it really wanted to go. You know, she'd had this experience What is that? It's a helicopter. Oh, it's okay. She had this experience. She had this experience um, in a hospital in Florida, you know, with her daughter, where they basically, you know, they were they were giving her daughter all these things for a fever, you know, and they were like, you have to do this and you have to do this and you have to do this. We were just doing it just in case, you know, and she was she was not having it. She was like, this is, this is wrong. This is not what my daughter needs. She has a fever, you know? And so, um, she said she felt, she just felt really alone in that place. And she, like all of what was happening in this accident that we experienced was re-triggering that place for her too, where, you know, she felt like people were saying the wrong thing to me, you know, and she wanted to say, no, she doesn't, this is not what she needs. And so, you know, so she, um, she was, yeah, she, she, on this call, she was just allowing herself to say all the things that she wanted to say. And, and it was good to hear her, you know, I felt, I felt so much more connected. I felt like, okay, yeah, she's, she's having her own, she had her own trauma response. And now, I feel her and we were together in this. We had different experiences, but, but, you know, it was intense. It was intense for both of us. You know, and so I, like, I think about what I s said right before this happened, you know, that I, I'm open to being in the unknown and I, it's amazing here. And then it's like, bam. And, and my therapist was saying today that if, like, because I had asked, I was like, what if I had stayed in my body? He said, if you'd stayed in your body, you probably would have laughed. Mm. <laughs> like, oh, that's funny, God. Okay. I get it. This is the unknown. Anything can happen. I don't believe that you couldn't, both of you could not have helped it. Mm, mm -hmm. I don't, that doesn't feel true to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could have come back and I think she could have softened. Mm. 
I think you can mm-hmm. develop that skill. I mean, maybe it's easy for me to say it's a car accident. It is shocking. Yeah, it was shocking. I, I actually don't think we could have helped it in that moment. Right, but in the moment. If it if it were to happen again, I think you're right. I well, you have the shortcut. Now you, now you know I leave, right? Mm-hmm. I'm in yep. shock. I leave. I'm gone. So if you have somewhere in your consciousness, you know that's what's happening. Someone can come to you and say, maybe you need help. Mm-hmm. Angela, come back. You're safe. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Come back, come back, come back, come back into your body. Mm-hmm. And that you could actually make the choice to come back. Because the lower self kicks in and says, I'm not fucking coming back. It's not safe. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. Right. I'm yeah. staying. And for Jana, yeah, the discharge, you know, you want, you, you're scared. And I understand this. And I, I know Jana here. And we, Jana and I, in our relationship, got to a place where when she got aggressive, I was just saying, Are you scared? Hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's also true for me. Mm-hmm. You know, when I feel my aggression come up, it's like, okay, I'm probably scared. And I'm, I'm attacking. Mm-hmm. And if I'm attacking, what am I defending? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I guess, may, or maybe maybe I just want to believe that we can come back quicker, at the very least. But I mean, if you, if you were there... I, you know, and you had said that to me, I probably mm-hmm. would have, mm-hmm. you know? Right. But I, I needed, I needed that. Right. And, um, and I think Jana was trying, you know, she was trying to help me in some way, but, you know, she was in her own place. Um, and maybe if I had just, you know, if I was able to, or somebody was able to say to her, like, are you scared? Yeah. You know. <clears throat> yeah. Do you, do you need, you know, what do you need? What you do know? you need? Yeah. Well, I just know for me that I've changed because I think maybe five, 10 years ago, there's no way you would have got me out of the aggression. Mm. But I know now that I can, I can pull myself out. I can feel it come up. Again, it's, I, I haven't been shocked like a car accident but you know in a in a fight an intense fight with a, a lover which is mm-hmm. worse than a car accident <laughs> let's face it it's like 10 it's car similar. accidents it's similar yeah <laughs> um you know that uh, you can kind of you can navigate it you can get you can improve you can you, know, you can bring yourself back quicker i think that's what i want to believe I think it's true. When you say that, and I think about there, there were moments where I was walking around and it's almost like I have this um, sense that like it was like a choice. Right. And at moments, and maybe, maybe that's, you know, that's a place where you and Jana, you know, get mad. It's like, I'm making a choice. I mean, I'm not Mm -hmm. conscious, you know, but there was, there was a choice like, oh, we can stay kind of out of this and just let everything happen. And I don't have to, I don't have to take any responsibility or I don't have to, um, know anything here. Like somebody, Mm. somebody has to take care of this and somebody, will tell me what to do and then I'll just do that thing and, Mm. and everything will be okay. Mm. 
Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. That is annoying. And- I would be annoyed too. I would have <laughs> probably been mad at you. So, you know, for me to actually, if I had made the choice to come in, into my body, I think what I was scared, like what I actually was most scared of was I was, I think I was scared to feel my body because I was, I was afraid that like, did something happen? You know, like I hit my head hard. Right. And could have a concussion. Who knows? Yeah. Or, you know, I've heard of all these crazy stories after car accidents and people's heads and brain injuries and that kind of thing that happen, you know, not even at the moment, in the moment, but like three days later, three weeks later, three months later, suddenly there are all these symptoms that happen. And I was like, oh God, I don't, I don't want that, you know, because everything else I could pretty much move and I I could feel it. Wait a minute. Maybe you're feeling it now. Maybe uh, something's coming on. I mean, there's a lawsuit here, Angela. Let's think practically (laughs) here. This motherfucker (laughs) hit you, deserves to pay. What kind of car did he hit you with? Was this rich? Was he rich? BMW. Okay. Hollywood BMW (laughs) driving drunk. Pay up, buddy. Oh, my neck, my neck. (laughs) I do have some neck strain, but anyway, you know, Mm -hmm. so my point just being like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I wanted to feel my body. Yeah. I I think I, I, I was, I was scared. Yeah. I get that. But maybe, you know, in the ER when the guy was vomiting and the, and the other guy was screaming his head off, you know, I came back into my body and was like, no, I am actually doing pretty well. <laughs> like, I'm better than than these guys are doing. So I think uh, I think we're gonna get out of here. Yeah, I'd want to <laughs> get the fuck out of there. I hate hospitals. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, yeah. The medical industrial complex. You had to come mm-hmm. face to face with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy. I, mean, I think that's what Jana was feeling too. <clears throat> yeah, it's 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 massive. They're corporations. They're entities they're, they're, they're completely devoid of humanity now i'm not saying there's individuals in there that don't have humanity and don't care and don't love i mean and you know there's lots of doctors and nurses that are doing great jobs but they're also part of a system that's just insane mm-hmm. system is since i don't want to go anywhere near a hospital mm-hmm. ever i'm not i'm not i'm not unless i get a broken arm right I mean, that's what it's good for. I mean, if I had a serious head injury, you know, then it would have been good to get a CAT scan right away. Of course, of course. But, yeah. Wow. So, I mean, just happened. I'm sure that you haven't quite made meaning of it, but, yeah, the car hit right in this place where this moment where you said, I love it here in the unknown. And then you, and then you saw more car accidents and I saw a car accident. What's going on? Mm-hmm. What's happening? Is it, is it the, the stars? Is it the astrology? Is it the energy on the planet with everything that's happening? Or is it the aliens? What's happening? What's the meaning you're making of this? Well, I liked this thing that I read uh, today. Um, uh, hold on, let me get it. Uh, this is from um, 
this book that I, I don't even know how I, why I downloaded it. It's, it's called blessed are the blessed are the weird, something like that, um, by Jacob Nordby. Um, but he, he wrote when humans create a world that is, that is wildly out of sync, when humans create a world that is wildly out of sync with the laws of nature, disaster strikes as an inevitable balancing occurs. Right. And I, yeah. Noah's Ark. That's the parable. Right? What do you mean? Well, that's what Noah's Ark, the great flood. That's the, the, the Bible story, the parable. Like mm-hmm. things got out of alignment. Man got mm-hmm. wicked and God brought a great flood. Right. So yeah. maybe God brought this pandemic, although it was probably China. But maybe God was working through China. China. Sorry. Came from China. Came from a fucking lab. Did you see the latest, by the way, on this no. update? I'm gonna rant for two seconds. Yeah. Well, they were doing that. They was they were doing this gain of function research. It's crazy. They were applying for grants. It's the U.S. government. This was all. They're gonna create. They're creating a, a SARS coronavirus. It was worse than the more deadly, and they were going to put it in a bat cave and I don't know, see what happened. I don't, I don't. It sounded really fucking weird and fishy, but it's like they were working on this shit. They were working on making viruses worse. There was definitely bioweaponry shit happening, mm. and I'm not saying it came out intentionally. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Because why are they fucking hiding it? It's very suspicious, but it got out. Nobody wants mm. to face it. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to talk about the fact that Hillary Clinton made up that whole Russia Gate thing. It's all made up. It's all a lie concocted by Hillary Clinton and the Democrats and the FBI. Nobody wants to talk about it. Any of this shit, this corruption, we just move on from it. It's crazy. So, whatever. So we deserve a great flood. And maybe this accident was serving in some way to balance something in my life. I don't know. In the world, I I don't know. Yeah, it's too early to say how how it'll change you. Well, I, I have to get a new car. Right. What kind of car are you going to get? <laughs> I don't know. You I'm don't know? Right now. But you know, I mean, you've known this. Like I've been saying that I want a new car for a few years now. I mean, right. so it was a 2009 Honda Fit. It's like, what is that? 11 years. Well, you probably, years. usually you get a 2009. Does it, did you buy it new? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You usually get it, you know, 2008, right? right. The new cars mm-hmm. come out usually- six months ahead or whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Long time ago. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I have a feeling like something came up for me last night that just, it felt like it came out of the blue, but I had this, I don't know. I was probably still discharging myself, you know, this stuff, but mm-hmm. I, I had this feeling like I have to let go. I have to let go of things. I have to let go. I have to let go. Like it was just like I've been holding on to things 
people, situation, thing, things, uh, I've been holding on mm-hmm. to behaviors and patterns and ways of thinking for too long. They're not serving me anymore. And and I and I kind of got furred into it. We got into a little fight. <laughs> I was like, "You hold on to things for too long. You hold on." To... It was like, "What? What do?" You... <laughs> and so I was like, "Yeah, you hold on to. Do you not see that you're holding on to things for too long? Wow, that's not a good. That's, yeah, I should just keep the focus on yourself." So eventually, I did. I was like, "No, this is about me. I have to some something, you know." And I, I didn't know where this had, it was, it just kind of came, you know, and, and I, I, I don't know if this is part of that balancing, like, but I do feel that there are certain things that I have to let go of. I mean, kind of like what you're saying, you know, to make the choice to stay in my body, right? you know, like really do that even in a traumatic, maybe especially in a traumatic situation for sure call myself back in. Yeah. You know, this is. Yeah, that's that's the fortification, you know, like be here now. I'm thinking about when I left my body during the filming of the HBO show. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Which point? Oh, that's right. Yeah. I was gone. Yeah. I came back. Like during but- during the group. Like while well, we, we were start, processing. Well, we started the second, the the lunch on the second day after lunch, we started and I, I had to announce that I was having a hard time getting fully present. I mean, I was, I could track stuff. I, I, I felt like I could see what was happening. I could follow the storyline and still see what was, you know, see, but I didn't trust myself to speak clearly or effectively or or to facilitate. Mm. And that was scary. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because I knew what was coming, mm-hmm. which I was going to in some way provoke a process around the issue of race And I knew I was going to say some crazy shit. And I knew it was going to be on film, potentially for everybody to see. And I was terrified. Mm -hmm. But of course it went well. And once I got in the game, everything was fine. Everything went away. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, I I get it. I leave sometimes too. I, I felt scared. really supportive of you in that moment. And I, you know, at that point, I think I took over, you know, I was yeah. just like, okay. Um, and people got scared. The group got a little mm-hmm. nervous. Some, well, no, some liked it. Some like, oh, I see your humanity. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. And others were like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, wait a minute. He goes, daddy, where'd you go? You know. It's like I'm right here. Mama's got it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I felt I felt protective. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting because that's you know, like I understand, you know, right? That you were place. very understanding. Yeah, I I knew what to do, you know, because I know what I need in that mm. that place. Mm-hmm. If if uh, yeah, it's like you know, in the place where Jana went, you know. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't know what she needed, you know, and that it's like when you said, are you scared? You know, like I didn't, I, that's not wh- where I would have gone. You know, right. I, just, I just got mad. <laughs> I was like, which, which she said, you know, kind of helped too. Yeah. You know, no, actually, you know, that, that makes sense. That would help. She, yeah. Cause then she doesn't feel as alone. Right. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The holding back. I hate that when you're like, you know, fuck you. And they're like, nothing. You're like, dude, just, just say fuck you back. Okay. It's fine. Just tell me to go fuck myself. And then we're back in connection. Like something's happening. Don't just right. withhold or leave the room. Uh-huh. It's yeah. such a weak move. Well, you know. I know. It's, it's a protective move. It's a protective move. But it's got its own, it's its own form of aggression. That's true. I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. Bye. You've, you've yelled. You're bad. Yeah. I'm not talking about anyone in particular here, okay? <laughs> I'm just theoretically speaking. Uh-huh. There's nobody I'm thinking of as I speak You're not this. thinking about me. This is not about me. No, it's not about people. Angela. This is, yeah. No, but for anybody else listening, it's mm-hmm. not about you either. Maybe. <laughs> well, anyway. Wow, what a story. What These a story. stories keep happening. I wonder why. Well, you got to have know. content for the podcast, so I appreciate that. <laughs> Getting it. What are you going to do for an encore next week? We need something exciting. I think it's something you mm-hmm. can tell the story. I think you need to go to a swingers party or something. Okay. Tell us all about that. I don't know. I just started following some kink people. Oh. Yeah, somebody followed me that's into kink. There's a uh, a woman, uh, Kimmy Kimmy Inch, who is uh, a core energetics practitioner. Hmm. And uh, she's here in Austin. And somebody said, oh, you guys should you know connect. She's, she's a core person. And so I found her on Instagram. But what she's focused on is kink. Wow. So she does all these workshops around kink and I guess BDSM. And she makes all these... Uh, Instagram reels and she's very playful with it and has fun with it. And she's, she's going for it, you know? And, uh, I am very uncomfortable with it. (laughs) Like we connected and I was like, she was like, Hey, you know, sent me a message. And I said, yeah, let's connect soon. And then like, no follow up. I don't want to go anywhere near her. Well, I mean, I, are you scared? Yeah, I'm scared. She's going to tie me up or something. Or I'm going to be into it. I don't know. Or oh, I right. want to find that's out right. that I want to be exactly. submissive and I love to be spanked. I don't. I, no, I don't want to find that out. <laughs> that's so. It's nothing yeah. personal, Kimmy Inch. I know you're not listening, but uh, but no, I I I don't know something. And then another one of her friends, who's also into it, started following me. So I I followed her back. So now I've got some kink people. Mm. But I guess there must be something in it for me. Maybe some, mm-hmm. I don't know, the Dom submission thing. Well, you know, in our module, in the rigid module, um, mm-hmm. we focused because w- this this structure, this rigid structure is actually, um, there's a, a lot of uh, information about your sexuality in there. And right. so um, we we had a, an exercise. We we worked with our students on their sexual fantasies, and that information 
that if you are mm-hmm. willing to share the details of your sexual fantasy, you know, in a, in a group like this and with facilitators, you can really learn some amazing information about yourself in that place that has nothing to do with sex, really. It's right. more to do with your unsatisfied need as a child. Right. That you eroticized. Exactly. Yeah. So tell us your sexual fantasy, Dave. <laughs> I my well, I'm not I'm not to talk. I am uh it, my my sexual fantasies all involve uh it's group. Mm-hmm. Orgies or threesomes, uh, foursomes. And uh, I don't know why exactly, but uh it ever since I was a kid, like the first porno magazine that I ever saw, mm-hmm. it was a hustler, it's probably grade 7, and there was a threesome. You know, hustler had threesomes. And mm-hmm. I could not stop looking at the threesome. And it was, in that moment, I was like, I want to have a threesome. I didn't even know, you know, it was grade seven, I'm 13, I don't know, 12. But I knew in that moment, I was like, I wanted that. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's continued to this day. I mean, not that I, it's not the, to this day. I mean, I, I don't, I'm obsessing over threesomes, but I did, you know, when I got to Hollywood and had a girlfriend who was into it. And we explored. Hmm. Unfortunately, it was in kind of a dark way. Wasn't, hmm. I mean, it was fun, but it was, I don't know, kind of wasn't healthy. So. Well, can you share? Uh, do I want to get into it? it just, oh, you know, right. it was motivated by some, there was some darkness. There's just oh. some, it wasn't, it was fun, but it was, there was just a lot of weirdness that was attached to it. A lot of mm-hmm. lower self and. Um, but I, I did, you know, experiment with all that, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. And when I think about group in general, I mean, I made a documentary series called group Mm. and Mm -hmm. I love facilitating groups. I love being in groups. I mean, my Mm -hmm. whole life is group is a theme. So it's interesting that it cuts across every aspect of my life, even though I hate people. Do you, do you fantasize? Do I fantasize? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm 52. So I used to fantasize a lot more about it. I don't so much anymore. I'm just happy to get laid now. <laughs> um, but yeah, back when I was younger, there was a, I, all my fantasies had to do with uh, some form of group sex. Threesomes, and- threesomes, a lot of threesomes, mostly two girls and a guy. And then I... I, I did get into- Do you mean you, you being the guy? Of course, yeah. Right, okay. With two girls. Mm-hmm. And then two, then I would fantasize about two guys and a girl, but not, not me being with a guy. Mm-hmm. But there was something erotic about that. Less so, you know, I spent less time with that than I did with the, the threesome with the two women. And then just kind of wild- free for all orgies. And I think there was, it was like the freedom hmm. to just like, we're all going to fuck each other and just trade and one big happy party orgy. And I know that's, I know that's not what they're like. Cause I've been to a few, but the fantasy of it 
was, uh, I think there was like something in the freedom or being, mm-hmm. maybe being seen or, or watching the voyeur quality to it. I don't know. What's your take since well, you my, just taught on sexual well, fantasies? My, I, I want to keep asking you questions. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. What aspect of it was the most arousing for you? Like if you had to pick a specific moment. Well, I think, you know, in the orgy situation, it's the freedom aspect of it that I can just, everybody's game, it's wide open, everybody's consenting, everybody wants it. So it's just like, there's a, you're just free to fuck free to give yourself permission to just Mm. do whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. And then in the threesome situation, I think it was more about just being the center of like love and adoration and, and then the permission, there's something that's erotic about the one like, uh, like kissing, fucking one woman while kissing another. Like there's something like that was very hot for me, that idea. Like, mm-hmm. like, like they're both okay with it mm. somehow, or they support it. And maybe there's something like, I mean, I can feel it's like the wanting the mother to give me permission to have my sexuality, mm-hmm. something like that. I mean, I, no, I'm not going to say it, but it was a rumor that I heard but I'm not, about mm. famous people, but I'm not going to. I'm going to be responsible and not talk about it because I don't know if it's true, but yeah, something in that. Yeah. Maybe it's some kind of expression of, uh, yeah, freedom and, and maybe this like liberation of my own sexual shame mm. places. I don't give myself permission to want what I want. And I remember doing a, uh, work with Anna Timmermans during the training, I think in the fourth year, and we were supposed to get into groups of three. And the idea was that each, you know, you took a turn as the child and the two people were your parents. And I forget there was some role play that was done to reenact something so you could feel the dynamic. And I th- I don't remember if there was something, uh, sexual in the exercise or not. But, um, I had of course two women because our class was mostly, mostly women. And I remember complaining to Anna, it's like, this sucks. I don't like, here we are again. I have a woman playing my dad. Mm. Hmm. You know, I was just bitching about it and it was just, I needed to feel the disappointment. Like there was something in that. And then Anna said, uh, or, you know, maybe you would like to be with two women. (laughs) you know, Anna. And, yeah, <laughs> nailing it, <laughs> nailing it. And I, I was kind of like, well, now that you mention it actually, but she just gave me permission. And the way she says it, she just kind of shrugs her so- shoulders like, okay, you know, maybe that's what you want. Okay. It's okay. If you want that, you can have that, do that. <laughs> I was like, really? Yeah. I'd like to have two women. Mm. So that was, and I did that. And uh, how did it feel to have her support in that way? I liked it. Mm-hmm. But there's still something about it that feels, I still judge it. 
I mean, I guess not so much anymore because I'm talking about it. I don't really care. Like I'm mm-hmm. past my prime. So I'm <laughs> water under the bridge, you know? But well, and also you said that these these fantasies were like that they're they're older. And yeah. um it's interesting because I think that that's true. Like fantasies change, mm-hmm. you know, and they 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 evolve and you know, you can have different ones that mm-hmm. correspond to different unsatisfied needs. Right. You know? Right. Um, but but you know, I know that my fantasies have changed, you know, that, that I don't have the same because I'm I've I probably healed some right. of those places. Right. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. Well, the fantasies, some of them still remain, but they don't have the same charge to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's interesting. I and I did a I did a w- work around in uh, core in year three. We did a sec- we did that sexual fantasy exercise mm-hmm. with Anne and. I mean, it got crazy. What do you mean? Well, people <laughs> people have crazy sexual fantasies. Oh, and, right. And we had some courageous people in our group. And uh it was some deep shit happened. And but I at the time I it, it felt like the edge for me was so I volunteered and I I went into the fantasy of uh, two men and a woman, like wanting to watch like the cuckold situation, wanting to mm. watch my woman get fucked by another man. So we enacted the whole thing. Mm. And, uh, like a constellation. Yeah. A constellation. Uh-huh. Yeah. We, we acted out the whole thing and it ended, I forget how it exactly it ended. And I, I can't even remember the meaning we made of it, but something about, I don't know. Like the, it's something about like wanting to see, I think Sherry actually nailed it. Like I wanted to see my parents together mm-hmm, with some right. kind of like, I wanted to, I wanted to be with my parents. I wanted to see them together. I wanted to see their love. And then I wanted and to- And their sexual connection. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. I guess so. But maybe it was just even more, I wanted to, yeah, I just wanted to, them to be together. And then I, and then I wanted to be with my mother. Like- and that's mm-hmm. actually what felt safest to me. There was some, something in that. It's not, you know, so, which is really interesting, you know, that it's, it, yeah, things get sexualized, but it's not, as you said, it's not really about the sex. It's about the unmet need that's mm-hmm. there. So, yeah, it's deep. I, it is deep. That's why there's, you know, I loved what Jana had said, you know, there's, there's no, bad fantasy. I mean, people can go really dark, yeah. you know, but there's really only, you know, maybe what, eight or nine or 10 different childhood needs, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's all, you know, you're, you're going to like to be seen mm-hmm. to, you know, to ha- have your pleasure, to have full self-expression. You know, there's, there's certain things that, that, but there's not an infinite number, you know, and it's like, right. no matter how dark it is, it doesn't really matter. There's the, like, you, you, once you get to the crux of it, it's just, it's the same, you know? Mm-hmm. It's edgy though for people. Yeah, for sure. There's yeah. a lot of shame. There's, there's a, lot a lot of shame, shame around your need. Mm. 
Yeah, of course. I have shame around my need. Hmm. I don't want to have to ask for what I need. Ever? Or certain things? Certain things. Mm-hmm. Not not sexually necessarily, just just certain things. But I also have to learn to ask for what I need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let it be. It's like there's something wrong with needing. But of course, when you're unable to ask for what you need, you end up being needy because then it comes out sideways unconsciously and a person mm-hmm. can feel it and they experience you as needy. And it's a lot easier to just say it directly. There's a lot of things I can say directly. Like my lower self, I can own my lower self, my cruelty, like I did in the last podcast, my arrogance, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all of that. But my need, that's vulnerable. Mm. You'll kill me before you ask me for something you need. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, I've gotten better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's shameful. And then there's the the resentment, right? Like the lower self. Like I'm never gonna fucking ask you for what I need. Fuck you. Mm. You have to figure it out. And if you don't, I'll punish you. I think that's a pretty common thing mm-hmm. that happens. Orality. Do you need anything? Right now? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I probably should have asked this earlier. Mm. I, I feel like I need to go slower. Slower? Like, it's like... I. It's, I have this feeling like I'm going really fast. I'm I'm not, I'm sure I'm not going really fast, but it feels I think because of what happened, it just feels like my body wants to move slowly. Mm. Did you push forward because of the fact that we're recording a podcast and we have to make it entertaining and keep mm-hmm. the story moving? Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel that. I, I, I probably, if we weren't, recording a podcast, I probably would have given you a lot more time and space and eased into it, but we were recording. So I kind of pushed you a little bit. Well, and I, I let myself, I I pushed myself. I could could feel that. Yeah. But I'm just saying that I also 
I could have been more sensitive. I, I saw what was happening. You did? Yeah, I could see that you were scared. Mm. That you weren't all the way here and it's probably vulnerable to talk about and mm-hmm. kind of made jokes and wanted to sensationalize it and keep it light. Well, I also knew you guys were, you know, fine. Like yeah. you know, sent me a text. But yeah, and I wanted it. I I wanted to as well. I want to mm-hmm. because it's a it's a good story. You it's know? a good story. <laughs> but I can feel like I, I I went a little yeah. I just went a little faster than my mm. body. I, I'm not even sure if I was ready to tell the story today. Right. You know? But it's good to just say that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I feel. I, I noticed today um, that I was having a lot of judgment around what I was saying and how I was saying it, and oh, I'm not getting this right, and. Um, you mean you know, during the recording? Just yeah, now? just yeah. That I, the mm-hmm. way that I was telling the story, the way that I was talking about the structures, the way I just you know there was just a lot of talk going mm-hmm. on. It's like you're not getting this. This is not right. This is you, you know, Jana's going to kill you. She, you didn't say it the right way. Like I, I, I'm not sure what what was she thinking. You know, there was a lot of that going on, and I think if I had just taken a moment to slow down. Mm it would have probably come out a little differently. Mm-hmm. And but I was I also... brain dead from six sessions. Usually I could just talk out my ass for like 20, 30 minutes about anything. But I was like, uh, I got nothing. <laughs> Angela, you have a story to tell. Right. Please. Hmm. Is that something that you you do? Do you do you often move too fast or skip over to please or meet some expectation? Not as much anymore. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think it's probably it's probably pretty rare these days. I used to do it all the time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this is maybe a different scenario, you know, like we're, we're on a podcast, Mm -hmm. but you know, if this had, this had happened a week ago, maybe it would be different, you know, Yeah. but it just happened. And so, yeah, I probably, yeah, I probably went into a defense like, okay, Mm. I'm just going to, I'm just going to right over this, this feeling that I'm having right now. It's fine. I'll like the words will come, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to, I don't have to feel, I don't have to, yeah, I don't have to feel, um, what I need right now. Right. So we have, and this is my, and I'll take full responsibility for this. We have betrayed the integrity of the podcast. (laughs) 
Okay. I have betrayed it. You didn't do anything. It was me. It's completely my responsibility. You were in the state. I should have picked it up and I should have slowed it down. Mm. I should have seen it, but I didn't. And the intention is to be as present as we can be in every moment. And, you know, it's we're broadcasting. Mm-hmm. We're self-aware as we're doing it. So it's. Well, and also, I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm in this state, but also like, I, I just want to say like, I mean, there was a moment where I could have made that choice. I could feel it. It's like, it's uh, just slow down, Angela, just slow right. down, you know, tell, tell Dave, you're not ready yet. You mm. know, and, But I, I made the choice. I was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Just go, just do it. Just go. It'll yeah. Like, I could feel it, you know? Yeah, I felt that way. And I told you about my orgy fantasies. <laughs> hey, oh. I think there'll be some people who are grateful <laughs> that you just went ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. You betrayed yourself. <laughs> Just trying to keep the people entertained, okay? Right. Trying to be provocative. And don't send me any messages. My orgy <laughs> days are over, okay? I'm not having any more orgies, so I don't want any invitations to orgies or threesomes, okay? <laughs> oh. Well, it's a lesson. We all do this. We skip over. We betray ourselves all the time. Subtle ways. It's hard to slow down. You're really good at it. I guess that's why probably I didn't check in on you because I know you're so diligent about it, Mm. about regulating yourself. But this is different. You just got Mm -hmm. in a very serious, scary car accident. But yeah, you don't, I don't, you don't, you don't betray yourself very often. Mm-mm. anymore I don't experience you that way I still do I get caught you mean in terms of speaking sometimes I do things I don't want to do oh mm-hmm, right yeah no I do things that I, mm-hmm. I don't want I guess just in the area of speaking you know saying things generally these days, I'm I'm pretty good about that. Right. Well, it always comes back to bite you in the ass anyway. <laughs> right. Whatever's left unspoken, it's it's mm. always gonna come back. So you might as well just say it and get over get it over with. See what happens. I'm not going to talk about my sexual fantasy, but I will say that what came out of the last uh, sexual fantasy analysis that I had was that I want someone to know 
in precise detail what gives me pleasure. Mm-hmm. Precise. Precise. Every, every detail. And I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to say it. I don't want to have to tell mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. I just want you to know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my therapist said, well, you know, basically that I, I, I didn't get attuned to. Right. In my childhood. And what I need to do now in terms of my healing around this is to actually attuned to every detail of my own pleasure, mm. which is, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy for me because in that, the, the certain place in me, like I, I want to keep trying to get it uh, that I want the fantasy. I want somebody to, to know it. Right. But in reality, what I actually have to do, which is why I'm bringing it up right now, is like, I have to tell you to tell you like, this doesn't feel good. I want to slow down. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. know, can we, you know, like, I don't want to have to tell, I want you to know. Mm hmm. But in reality, if I tell you, and now we're slowing down, this feels so much better to me. <laughs> mm. In reality, in life and in sex? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, once I discovered that, you know, and then I could tell my husband, hey, this is what I, you know, this is, this is what I want. Slow it down, champ. <laughs> it's so much better. But, you know, you're the, all, the, let me tell you something. You guys are all different. You got, right. You well, women so, are all different. You never so know. So are you. Take one set of skills you learned, apply it to the <laughs> other one. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, this worked on, what are you talking about? <laughs> you're like, no. Okay, fuck. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thought I was a good lover. Now I suck again. <laughs> Yeah, no, we're all different. It's very it's specific. Very annoying. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah, we are all different too. Yeah, and and you know, I think that there's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of people who haven't grown up in this way, you know? Like to to know what your your need is and then to be able to to say the thing or do the thing that, mm-hmm. that would create your healing and give you the thing that you actually need and want. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't, I don't do it every time. I still, there's, and, and this is what, you know, what we've learned as, as repetition compulsion, you know, like it's my compulsion to want to repeat the, the pattern of, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to, my husband should know what I want. Mm-hmm. Repetition compulsion. Mm-hmm. I've never I heard that. I want to keep going back. Yeah. I want to keep going back there. 
I want to get the thing from my mom, right. my dad, that I didn't get. And my husband should be the one that gives it to me. Yeah. Or you should be able to give it to me. Some Somebody's yeah. going to give it to me. Yeah. And and then I have to remember, like, no, nobody's going to give it to you. You're, you're not a, an, a child anymore. Mm-hmm. You are an adult. You can say, Dave, can we slow down? <laughs> right. That's... We all have to go through that. Yeah, over and over again. Mm-hmm. I felt that. I felt that recently. That there was some aspect of my need that was young. That was I was trying to get something that I didn't get from my mother. Mm-hmm. And and I had yeah I I could feel the distortion. I was like okay I got to feel the grief of what I didn't get, but I was so tied to the resentment. Just fucking give me what Mm -hmm. I fucking want. What is the problem? What is the fucking problem? (laughs) I'm saying it clearly. It's not complicated. I'm not asking for much. Why? Why? You know? Right. Wow. So you said the thing. And it oh, yeah, come. I said it. No, right. it came eventually. It came. It just came and it, it came in her way. Not the way that I necessarily exactly as I want. Well, it, it just, it's like. But it, I, I, I mean with your mom. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I no. Guess, yeah. Sorry. I didn't get that. What, so what was the question? You. So you didn't. Like you, you would tell your mom, I'm, I'm, this is what I'm taking from what you said. Like you would tell your mom what you wanted. No, or, not as like, a kid. No, no, no. No, not as a kid. Oh. No, no. I just ask the woman. I don't, for, for what I wanted from my mother. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You wanted that thing from, oh, and you were at, so, right. I didn't you ask didn't, my mom, but I got conscious mm-hmm. of it. So this, the progress is, okay. I cut off from my need. I didn't get my needs met by my mother. And I got shamed mm-hmm. in a lot of cases. So then I progressed to, oh, okay, I can ask for what I need. So now I'm asking for what I need. Mm. But it's not oh. getting met. Right. I'm like, I just fucking asked. I asked. I got to the oh. place of asking. Oh, so that's a big okay. step. Now you have to right. give it to me. Like, what the fuck? Right. And it's you, like, no. Right. Not no, but like, there's a demand, right? And mm-hmm. so they can feel the demand and there's something... It's not clean, so there's some confusion. Mm-hmm. And then I could feel like, yeah, when it's tied up from from that the young need, the child's need, it does it it something off. Well, you're not asking. Yeah, I'm not asking. And you know, also if <laughs> I don't know if I want to get into this, but if they have their own if if they if they have an orientation toward being a caretaker mm-hmm. and then you're asking for what they need then it can trigger their oh here i am again i have mm-hmm. to take care of this mm-hmm. man's right. emotions it's like well no no mm-hmm. that's actually no that's 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 its own distortion right so it's which is what fights are it's two people mm-hmm. in distortion two people in their defense two people right, exactly. in their history and the quicker you can realize that the better, but yeah, 
It is hard to get out of it. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to just keep mm-hmm. going back there. Mm-hmm. Get addicted mm-hmm. to it. It's the righteousness. There's something about it that feels so good. The hope. The hope that one day, one day, mm-hmm. I'll get what I needed. No, you got to grieve the loss. This is what well, I you, say to my clients. Know, Just but listen. But also, to me. sometimes, sometimes mm-hmm. you do, you do get it, and that's the that's why you keep going back. Mm. Like you know, you get a little hit. Something. Right. 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 It's true. Can we get everything we want? I want everything that I want. I want it all. Well, if you also want, if can you get everything that you want? If you want to be in the unknown, <laughs> I, I, maybe you can get everything that you want, but not in the way that you think that you want it. Right. I say that to my clients all the time. Mm. But when you say it to me, I'm like, fuck that. Right. I wish my clients would. I'm trying to encourage them to tell me to go fuck myself. None of them take me up in the bait. I'm like, you know, if I think I say something stupid, you can you can tell me. I guess I don't say anything stupid. Hmm. Or they're just afraid to tell. Yeah, exactly. Or you're me scary. to go fuck myself. You know, I just I remember the first time I laid into Anne. It was terrifying. Got in. Got in. It was like a maybe you were there. No, I don't think you were there. It was like. Tuesday night group, Wednesday night group, but before, yeah, it was early and we, you know, I got the block out and I think it was Anne who encouraged me to bring out all my judgments to everybody in the group. So I just went around the group and with the block and just expressed my judgments, you know, and I got to Anne and I was like, panderer, panderer, like you pander. (laughs) And she, you know, she gave that expression. She was like, like kind of acknowledged, like, yeah, probably true. Like she, she, (laughs) a little bit. Right. And uh, that was super liberating, Mm. but it was terrifying, especially to Anne, because it's the mother Mm -hmm. and you you know, you don't want to get rejected. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to be out. And, and then I got real good at that and, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just going to go around and express my judgments for everybody in the group here. Just settle in. Uh, Joey, you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> Debbie, I don't know why you're wearing that dress. It's just, it's brutal. Um, and it was just so much fun and people loved it. That was the other thing. People loved it. <laughs> well, because there's something, if you're accurate in your judgment, yes. you know, you're seeing something mm-hmm. and then and people want to be seen even. Yeah, then, it's true. You know, it's there's something it was it was it's amazing when the you know to see the the energy that it brought into the room. I mean, I wasn't being cruel, and it was and I had a lot of consciousness. Like I was aware that this was about me, and they could feel that. I mean, once you get practice with it, but it was still always terrifying to bring to bring the full extent of my uh, complaint or judgment mm-hmm. to Anne. Scary. Yeah, but I did. Well, she said. Yeah, and she said that uh, when you when you do that, 
you start to step into your own power. Yeah. And it's scary to feel, yeah. oh, I'm at the, I'm, I'm at, I'm coming on the same level as you. Right. Right. And that means I, I mean, I didn't know it at the time, but it means more responsibility. Right. Well, I remember that myself. process where you got up to the front of the room and during take a risk and you were all nervous and you're like, Anne, I, um, I just want to say that, uh, I think that, uh, you know, you missed something last night. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, Nan was so smiling. <laughs> like, uh, it's like, mm hmm. Yeah. And then it was like, you know, I probably miss things all the time. <laughs> and, uh, and then you pointed out what you thought she missed, which was probably accurate. And yeah, that, that was the lesson. She goes, now I feel inequality with you. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like I'm in real relationship and it's a relief because you're not, mm. you're not no longer, uh, I'm no, I'm no longer this projection in mm -hmm. the same way. Right. It was a powerful moment or powerful risk for you and a powerful lesson. And yeah. Anne wrote and spoke brilliantly about leadership and the ways that we project onto leaders and how our complaints and projections onto leaders. Is, it, it's just a way that we uh, abdicate and diminish our own leadership. It's just an expression of our own fear. Mm -hmm. And because if you step all the way into leadership, you're going to get annihilated. People are going to judge you. People are going to hate you. People are going to not see you clearly. We talked about this last time with the, the king archetype. Mm -hmm. And it's painful. It's painful mm -hmm. to, to hold that to not be seen, to be mischaracterized. But that's that's the gig. That's mm -hmm. the gig if you want to be a leader. Yeah. And you could see, you know, Anne, Anne was a great model for us. You know, totally. she, she kind of got used to it. It was or, like, you know. Yeah, she just it just rolled off her back. Mm -hmm. Not always. I'm a psychopath. Not always. I knew how to get to her. <laughs> I knew her soft spots. Well, she's human. Of course. That was that was the beautiful part of her too. I mean, that is. Yeah. Yeah. Final thoughts, Angela? Wrap up. Accidents happen. <laughs> God is in the accident. God is in the accident. We have to solve... Maybe in time. We can't make sense of this yet, obviously. Yeah, no. But there's sense to be made of this, I think. I don't think anything's random. You know what's interesting is that since that uh, night, Saturday night, there have been uh, fire alarms or, uh, you know, fire trucks going off kind of, you know, just every every hour or so it's it's really strange really you know yeah it's just like like suddenly like i heard the, i heard them all last night and then when i woke up in the morning they were going off i was like what's going on i think we're on the brink of war see what's going on in taiwan there's some shit going down there man mm. and uh facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp went down the same day that the Facebook whistleblower testified mm. in front of Congress, wasn't it? Or the or the mm -hmm. day before? I don't know, man. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm stocking up on food. I think I'm going to buy a generator tomorrow. Wow. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a prepper. Getting prepped here. <laughs> there will be firearms, ammunition, just in case, not mm-hmm. just to protect the food that I have. Mm-hmm. You're talking about, what do they say? It's, um, uh, you're like four days to chaos. Like if, if, if food supply suddenly got shut down, we're like four days. Like how long are you going to go without eating before you turn into like, I'm fucking going to take my neighbor's fucking oatmeal. Mm. That's it. Cause it's you, it's your, it's every man for himself at this point. Right. right? I mean, we're always on the fucking brink of absolute madness and chaos. I don't know. I feel it in the air. I'm not going crazy. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I see a lot of that out there. Mm-hmm. So, zombie apocalypse is upon us. It's going to be fun. This is what people are all worried about. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's going to be great. No food. I'm going to go out and shoot a deer and harvest it and barbecue it and fucking my neighbor comes over and I pull my handgun out and stay the fuck away from my fucking food, bitch. Here's a little bit for your kid. Learn to fast, fucker. You know, I'm feeding my family. I don't know. Or maybe I'll be, maybe I'll lead the revolution. Mm. Maybe I'll, I don't know. Won't be me. Who am I kidding? It's going to be all those tough guys who actually know how to fight and hunt. But I want to pretend. Can I? Can I come? Can I come? I'll be the, your the shaman. You need a shaman. You need a psychotherapist. Uh huh. That sucks. I'm that guy now. And I can sing too. I can sing some Lakota songs. Prepare you for battle. Right. Okay. All right. That's enough. Thank you. Thank you, Angela.